What's up, everybody? Glad to be with you today, guys. So yesterday, I was not able to get the new episode out in time due to having to replace my computer. It took longer than I thought. So we revisited episode 12, and I hope that episode was a blessing to you, even if you were listening to it for a second time. I hope you still got something out of it. But I'm ready to go, new computer set up, and ready to dig into today's episode. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's get started. Guys, I do want to start with this, though. I want to say I pray that God would visit you today. I really pray that God would, um, that he would just move in your life. I pray that you would get to spend time with him and get to spend time in his presence. Take a moment today just to ask him to show himself to you, to show you the areas in your life that need work. Ask him to make known the things that need to go. Anything that is being put ahead of him, anything that is getting priority over him, you know, I pray that he'll show those things to you so that we can reprioritize our life and, you know, seek him with all that you are and let him prioritize your life. I think we mean well a lot of times and many times we don't realize that we have allowed some things to creep into that number one spot and subsequently push God a few notches down. It's so easy to do. We get caught up in the things that we want, our own desires take over. Then we have things that just seem so urgent or pressing. We have to do this or that. When we get off work, we have to go get the kids. We have to take them wherever they need to go. You know, the list goes on and on. There's always going to be more to do. The world is not slowing down. And people sometimes are afraid of missing out. And others just try to do too much. There's nothing wrong with being active and ambitious as long as it doesn't push God out of that number one spot. It is hard for us to stop and just let go and realize that if we make him the priority, he will give you the desires of your heart. We think we have to do it. We have to do it all. And if I stop and make more time for God, then I won't have time to get the things done that I need to get done. Then I won't reach my goals. Then I won't be successful. You know, basically, we tell God, I don't have time for you. I'm trying to be successful and I have a lot to do. You know, I pray that you would see that we have a tendency to push God aside. We give him such a small part of our day and sometimes he gets none of it or what little bit is left over. You know, God operates on a different system that seems backwards to us sometimes Jesus says in Matthew 16, 25, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. You know, God just seems to operate on a different system. You know, the more you give up, the more you sacrifice, the more you do, the more you get back. And and we tend to want to hold on to things. So, you know, if you truly want to be blessed, don't hoard what God gives you. Instead, give freely to others and you will be blessed beyond measure. The more we give to God, the more he gives back, ensuring that you know our cup runs over. You simply cannot outgive God. But we may give him we may give to him in one way, like say in money or time or whatever. We may give to him in one way, but God blesses you back in many ways and in many areas of your life. I pray that today you would see God just wants to be number one in your life. Not second, not a second thought, but the first thing on your mind each day, a priority. 
Is there something in your life that you won't let anything get in the way of? Unless someone is dying or seriously injured, you will not be interrupted. Nothing gets in the way of it. That is the kind of priority God wants in our lives. And if you read that statement and and immediately knew what that thing was, what that one thing was, or maybe it's more than one thing, that nothing gets in the way of, and you realized it wasn't spending time with God, you're not alone. But God is a gracious God and a God who is ready to forgive us. And His mercies are new every morning. Choose a different path. Refocus your priorities. Make Him number one. Let nothing come in the way of spending time with Him. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Proverbs 3, six. Okay, let's jump into the meat of today's message titled, The Promise Clause. If you remember the movie series, uh, the Santa Claus with Tim Allen, then you'll know that in the movie he becomes Santa Claus and what he doesn't realize is that there's there's a clause that he's unaware of, the, a little fine print, and if he doesn't you know, get married um, by a certain time, which is approaching very quickly, then he he will lose his right to be Santa Claus. Um, And in the other movies, there's also other clauses that he was unaware of or overlooked or whatnot or or just neglected. And either way, there's these other clauses that he has to attend. He has to he has to pay attention to them. Otherwise, they it will cause him a lot of trouble. So but the important thing to really take note of is the fact that it was the little details, the fine print, so to speak. And I believe there is some fine print in Scripture that we overlook, especially when dealing with things that God says He will do for us. It reminds me of how parents are with their kids. When they want to do something for them or when when they want us to do something for them or they want to go somewhere or get something, etc. Or, you know, when my little one wants to get up from the dinner table to go play, but she hasn't eaten very well. Um, hasn't eaten her dinner or she wants some kind of candy or dessert or whatnot and she's barely eaten her food. You know, all these examples are times when me and my wife will say, if you want that, I need you to do this. As a parent, we do this all the time. I did this with my older daughter to get her to go to the youth group on Wednesday nights at this church when we first started going to this church. Literally the first week we were there, I was trying to get her involved with the youth group and she was reluctant at first. So I basically told her, hey, I'll get you whatever book you want or two, one or two books, uh, whichever ones you want. I'll get you those books if you would just go to the Wednesday night youth group and give it a try. And at first she was reluctant, but this girl loves to read and she loves her books and I knew it would be too hard for her. It would be way too hard for her to pass up. So she wasn't going to miss out on the opportunity to get two new books. So she went and tried. She went and did it and gave it a try. And now she loves it. But I was willing to bless her. But there was a clause. She had to do something that I asked of her in order to see that blessing. I feel like we read things that God says he will do for us, yet we overlook what he asks of us. We overlook the clause in the deal, so to speak. 
Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. We tend to focus on the last part and don't truly give weight to the first part. If we want the promise, we must seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It makes you stop and think. And I know it does me. Is is the reason all these things is the reason all these things haven't been added to me? Is it because I haven't been doing my part, the first part, seeking him first, seeking his kingdom first? Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Again, we see the clause at the beginning, Delight yourself in the Lord. God gives us the secret right there in black and white. He tells us exactly what it is, what is required of each of us each time. You know, and what he asks of us is so little compared to what he gives us. Let's look at some other scriptures Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. You see that again. It's telling you what to do first, what's required of you first, in order for God to make your path straight. Proverbs 16, 7, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Luke six thirty eight. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Again, it's talking about giving. When you give, it'll be given to you. Now, Malachi 3.10 says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there will be no room, you know, not not enough room to store it. Again, it te- he's telling you what to do, to bring the whole tithe, to give the whole tithe to God, and this is what he will do for you. There are so many verses that talk about what God will do for us, but they often contain a clause that we overlook or do not give enough credit to. The irony is that God tells us exactly how we should act and what we should do in order to see the blessings come to pass in our life. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes God is going to bless you just because he wants to. Sometimes he's going to to just because he's going to be good to you just because he wants to, period. And that's his right. We did nothing to deserve his mercy and grace. He gives it freely. However, It is hard to read the Bible and not see it written in black and white all the many times that Scripture tells you what He will do for you or how you will be blessed. Then He tells you exactly what to do in order to see the blessing come to pass. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He says you will bear much fruit, but don't overlook the clause. He says, if you remain in me and I in you, he's telling us right there, here's how you bear much fruit. Just because you are saved doesn't mean you will receive the same blessing and favor as everyone else. If you get away from God and don't spend time with him, you stop going to church as often. You don't read your Bible as much. You stop praying and talking to him as often as you used to. Then when this happens, you can't expect God to bless you like Someone who puts him first and walks with him daily, who seeks after him with a hunger and acknowledges him 
in all that they do. I encourage you to stop and look at your life and the priorities that dominate your days. Then find a way to put God at the top of that list. Ask Him to help you. His grace is sufficient for you. We ask so much of God, yet He asks so little of us. We expect God to come through for us, but we can't do even the little things that He asks or expects of us sometimes. I know that I have failed Him in so much I have felt him so much when it comes to putting him uh, first and making him a priority. My goal is to seek him daily and ask him to help me do my part and to help me put him first in all things. When you take an honest look at your life, where does Jesus fit into your day? Where on your list of priorities is he? Let's make it our goal to make him number one in our life above your children, your spouse, friends, work, etc. Let's live a life that speaks of His great love, a life that says, There is no one like my God. Now, please don't get me wrong. God is free to bless you however He wants, whenever He wants. I just know that if you truly want to see the fullness of God's you know, favor and the fullness of His blessings, and you really want to see what God can do through you and what God can do for you, then we can't neglect those little things. We have to be sure that we're paying attention to the verses and paying attention to the instructions that he's giving us on what to do in order to see those blessings come to pass. God, I ask you to forgive me for where I have failed you. Even while writing this message, I feel the weight of it. For far too long, I've put other things ahead of you. I've served my own selfish desires instead of seeking your will. I ask you to do a new thing in me. I ask you to light a fire in my soul that burns for you, a hunger that only you can satisfy. God, I want to make you number one in my life. I want to truly understand what it is to seek you first, to delight in you, to just make you a part of every area of my life, to acknowledge you in all that I do, God, pour out your spirit on your people. Call your people out of the shadows. Let the revival begin in our own lives. Then let it spill over and spread like wildfire. Draw your people back to you. Help us to renew our focus and get in line with your will. Let us always keep you forever before us and write your words on our upon our hearts and acknowledge you in all that we do. Amen.